Chapter 14 It was the kind of pitch black meant for hiding and sleeping. There was not even the slightest trace of light. Colt was fumbling through it while bottles rattled beside him in the dark. He was running his hands along a link fence cage door next to him and using it to guide his steps forward. He could feel Jeanette's little hand hooked to the waistband of his boxers. She was using him just like he was using the fence. What the fuck happened to the light, he asked. I guess it went out, she giggled. Jesus fucking Christ. The door should be just up ahead. There's steps, though. Be careful. Her voice sounded more like a kid than ever, now that it didn't have breasts and lips in front of it. Colt shook his head at himself. Do the stairs go up or down, he asked. Up, silly. We're in a basement, remember? Now she was really talking like a child, using the word silly and giggling like a muppet. One of her hands tickled his ass. It startled him and he spun in place, but still couldn't see anything. Listen, I don't remember much thanks to you and your goddamn Windsor boring skills. I don't need you playing any more games. I gotta get the fuck out of here, okay? Now watch her step and help me find the light. He felt her come close to him. Her breath in the dark swirled with whiskey and chocolate, misting his face. She was pressing herself into him, and he felt her with his hands, realizing that she was naked, or at least topless. He cupped at one of her breasts. It was large. Her tone fell into a whisper. You mean you don't remember fucking me? He cupped the other breast, sliding a hand down her back and onto her ass. She was completely naked. Might have been wearing shoes. It's hard to tell. Kind of, he said. You're sweet, all right, but I gotta go. This isn't right. We're locked up for the night. It's just you and me if you want to do it again. I don't have to put my clothes back on yet. Jesus, where's my shirt? He felt outward with open palms and grabbed at a round wood railing. And then, stepping forward, climbed the steps one by one. She was still holding to him from behind. The door swung open and all the lights crashed into his eyes. He shielded them with a hand. On the floor were a few loose and rolling pool cues and some tipped over Miller lights. The stools they had been sitting in were both lying on their sides as well. An empty bottle of Windsor sat innocently on the bar between them. The front door was in fact locked, but all the lights were still on. Next to the door was Jeanette's bright neon pink bra. A step away from that was her shirt, another beer bottle, and Colt's gun belt. It was easy to deduce how the events had unfolded. It looked as though there had been little struggle. If any, a great deal of it had undoubtedly focused on removing his pants, which laid in a crude wadded ball around his boots with tube socks wilting out from each side. He or she must have removed them with stabbing heels. It was luck alone that left the pants untorn. Jeanette began gathering her clothes from the floor and piling them at her chest. But once she found her phone, 
She dropped all of them and began scrolling its glowing screen. She went behind the bar and pulled a can of Pepsi out of a glass cooler, cracking it open with one hand and plopping down on the side of the pool table next to him. She was still wearing her shoes. They were leather sneakers, bright white ones. Colt began awkwardly putting the pool cues back on the rack while slowly backing toward the door in his pants. He picked up the bar stool and threw away a few bottles before beginning to dress himself. Then he sat down on the floor mats behind the bar, pulling on his socks and pants and hurriedly lacing his boots. Putting on a uniform was something an officer was supposed to take pride in. But on the rubber floor mats littered with straws and bottle caps, Colt felt no sense of pride. He shook his head at himself and shrugged the feeling off as he rose to his feet and put his belt back together. Jeanette hadn't gotten dressed at all. She was still on her phone, drinking her soda. When he stood up, she looked at him with a kind of childlike admiration, but it looked more to Colt like a secret plotting with selfish intentions. That's a cool tattoo, she said, nodding at his arm. Where did you get that? Colt sighed loudly as he ran the loops at his waist. But she paid no attention to this and continued to talk while one of her shoes dangled from a toe. It's kind of scary, she said, but I dig it. Where did you get it? Colt searched the floor for his shirt while his hands secured his gun in place at his hip. I'm not going to have this conversation anymore, he muttered. Why would you get a tattoo like that and not expect to have to explain it, she asked. I didn't get it, Colt said. Someone did it to me. My grandma says I can't get a tattoo until I'm 18. I don't know what I'd get, but I'd want something cool for sure. I'd advise you to reconsider, Colt said. These things stay with you forever, but they change and age just like you do. Nothing is cool forever, kid. Who drew that, she asked. Was it a friend of yours? No. Did you get that in the army? You look like you were in the army. Not exactly. Colt walked back over to the pool cue rack. His shirt was hanging from it like a coat tree. He didn't remember doing this, but it seemed delicately out of place among the wreckage. Jeanette slid down from the table and walked over, grabbing at his elbow and inspecting the tattoo on his bicep. It was a black, cloaked figure the size of his upper arm and shoulder, with skeletal hands wielding a long-bladed scythe. Its staff was a brittle tree limb. A long, pointed hood shadowed the hollow eyes and nose of an empty, smiling skull. It had insect-like arched and pointed wings at its back, framing it like an angel and lifting it in flight. All around it curled hellfire and smoke, and twisting around this was a jungle snake of unmeasurable length with horns above its eyes, the horns of a demon. Its mouth hung open in a hiss, its two fangs pointing back into the dark void of its throat, 
The snake's red and black eyes stared back at Jeanette. And while looking into its eyes, the bony smile of the hooded figure shifted. Jeanette bit at her lip and squinted. It looks almost alive, she said. What is it? It's death, I guess. Or Satan or some shit. How come you don't know? Because I don't really care. It's evil, she said. That's for sure. Did you used to be into Satan and stuff? Maybe, Colt said. But when you get older, you realize that all that stuff is just bullshit. Heaven and hell. Angels and demons. It's just bullshit they use to scare kids. You're not afraid of death, she asked. Death isn't anything like you'd imagine. Death doesn't look like this. He pointed to the skull inside the hood. Death is when you die. Have you ever seen someone die? No, she said, shaking her head. Have you? Yes, he said, looking away. Many times. When someone dies slow enough to where you can watch it, first they look afraid then confused, angrily confused, and then, well, they just kind of stare off, like there's this vast distance between their eyes and yours. So I'd imagine that when you die, if you saw this, he pointed a finger at the eyes of the snake, if you saw something like this, I'd imagine the afraid part might last a little bit longer. That's why I think there's nothing. Nothing but distance at the end. Distance that you just look at. It sounds like you think about this kind of thing a lot, she said. Yeah, lately. Jeanette picked up her bra and strapped it around herself. Her large breasts required frequent adjustments. While her hands worked at the center of her back, she held the phone in her mouth and spoke a wet, muffled gargle. You want to take a picture with me? she asked. Colt straightened his collar and dug in his breast pocket for a cigarette. His shoulder radio gave an alarming beep, followed by a long pause of static before the dispatcher came on. 422? the dispatcher asked. Colt held the speaker box to his chin while turning a pool cue in place and inspecting its grain pattern. Yeah, he said. Where the fuck have you been? I've been after you for half an hour. Colt rolled his eyes, deciding not to answer this question at all. 422 here, Colt mumbled. Copy. We got a stabbing at Duke's. Where the fuck are you? 80 and 104? Well, there ain't no cars to take it. That means you, 422. Alone. You got that. Copy that. 422 to Dukes. Suspects are armed and... Colt clicked off the radio before he could finish. He turned to Jeanette, who still hadn't found her shirt. You still want to take my picture, he asked. Yeah, she said. My sister's never going to believe I fucked a cop. I gotta take a picture with you to prove that I'm not lying. Colt took a long, cold look at himself in the mirror behind the bar. Looking back at him, 
was just a shell of a human, like a dead cicada clung to bark, hollow, alien and strange. He no longer recognized himself. He put on his sunglasses, picked up his helmet, and smiled strangely. Yeah, he said. I'll take a picture. Why not? Are you going to stay in your bra? Jeanette ran over and wrapped a bare arm around his shoulder. He knelt to be head level with her while she held the phone out in front of them. Oh man, she laughed. She's never going to believe this. He lifted a hand and waved at the screen. The flash shot out artificial white, filling everything in the room and all of his thoughts with the same pale, fading glow.